it's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. And then what he say? Oh man, that is wild. That takes the cake right there. Mom, Mom, I gotta go. This is money, what's your emergency? A fraud alert? Okay, uh, where was the money spent? Albuquerque. Yeah, no, that's your sister's wedding gift that you got her. Crisis averted. It never gets old in the land of money. Good morning, I'm money. Good morning, you've reached money. Hello, this is money. Oh, no, I'm not all money, I'm just your money. No, I'm not God. I mean, some people think that I'm God. <laughs> kind of awkward. <laughs> Hi, Karen. Karen, what's wrong? No, that's not the IRS, Karen. Do not give them any information. Nope. You're not going to jail, Karen. Don't give your social to anyone over the phone, okay? Unless it's me, JK. I already know what it is. Hey, Betsy, this is Bunny calling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I just figured I'd call and check in. It's been 362 days uh, since I heard from you. I realized that things got complicated during tax season, but... I just want to make sure that we're still on good terms. Hello, yes, I'm calling for Jim. This is money. Jim, I know that's you. You just said this is Jim, and then you said Jim's not here. Hello. Hey, Karen, how many different streaming content services do you subscribe to? No, that's great. I'm not saying you should feel guilty. I know that cable is very expensive, but if you subscribe to every single streaming service, it will actually be more expensive because you're buying all of the content that exists. Karen? Hey, Becca, listen, we're gonna have to cut back a little bit. There's only so much self-care that we can afford. Nails, yoga, spa treatments, gym membership, hot air balloons, exfoliation uh, via avocado toast. Cricket, do we need cricket season tickets, Becca? I don't know if we do. Balance check? You betcha, (laughs) I'm your money. never seen that. Do you really not know how much you have in there? Okay. Okay. We're doing a game. You tell me how much you think you have. Okay? Yes. Go ahead. Higher. Higher. Nope. You've got to take it higher. Yes, that's correct. Ding, 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 ding. No, this is a great problem to have, okay? Because now that you know, there are places we can go. What? I am writing that down. Whoa, the adrenaline. It never gets old. Never gets old. I'm alive. Well, I am not going to preach like that, even if I wanted to. It's not going to happen. Great. Hey, good to have you here this morning. And also shout out to those of you joining us for our podcast around the world. This is week two of a series we launched last week called If Money Talked. And we're actually, uh, you know, acknowledged last week that some people get nervous talking about money. And I grew up in a family where money was a taboo subject. And uh, however... It's such an important subject. Money is so pervasive. It's one of the things, you know, having it come and go is one of the things that we all have in common. And uh, how we manage money is vital to us, to the people around us, to the people God's called us to invest in. Um, And so my gentle and friendly invitation last week, and I'll extend it to those of you joining, 
for the first time today is to put on your big boy pants and your big girl pants and let's, let's talk about money. But actually, we're not gonna necessarily just talk about money, but we're gonna ask the question of what would our money say if our money told to us? And from the perspective that if our money was for us, what would our money say? Um, and the good news is that Jesus had a lot to say about money and stuff. And we're pretty convinced Jesus is for us. So it should come as no surprise that when Jesus talked about money and stuff, it actually lines up with what our money might say to us if we believed our money was for us as well. So let me zoom out. And it's a bit of a recap of last week, not, not the whole thing. Uh, I encourage you to go back and listen or watch last week's message because these are three sequential messages in this series. Um, let me start with the biggest idea. The biggest idea of this entire series, and really, the, as best we can determine it, it's the biggest idea of when you read God's Word of what He says when it comes to money and stuff. And the biggest idea is that He's the owner and we're the managers. And I'm aware that when I or someone says something like that, that when it comes to the money in our world, that God's actually the owner, we're not, and instead we're the managers, that, that's a little bit jarring. That, that's a bit of a head scratcher because we say things like my bank account, my salary, you know, our mortgage, and we attribute the, the money to being, an, you know, we're the owners. And uh, fair enough, I mean, it's your money versus it's not your colleague's money. It's your bank account versus it's not your cousin's bank account. But God actually wants to give us the picture that if we're Jesus followers, that He owns everything and then He gives us the opportunity and the responsibility to manage some of it on His behalf in the way that He would have us do it. Another big idea we dropped last week is that money can add meaning to our lives, but it's not the meaning of our lives. So there's a, there's a place for it and it's important and it can be incredibly valuable and it can add value and add meaning. Yet for some people it's become the meaning and that's when things get a little bit upside down. So last week we talked about where we send it. When it comes to the money that comes our way, that God would call us to take a percentage of that. You know, just be, be cool. God doesn't ask us to give it all away. That would actually be irresponsible. But a percentage of that to invest into other people and in doing so that we turn stuff into stories. So last week was about where we send it. Today, I wanna talk about where we spend it. And I need to warn you, this is gonna get a little bit uncomfortable for some of you. Uh, but keep those big boy and big girl pants on and let's look at where you spend it. Now, here's a graph. This is, it's intentionally down to the right corner, Brando. Uh, this may be, so here we've got on the, uh, the lower axis, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25, 30. This might be sort of your peak, sort of your, your, your earning over your life, uh, employment career, and then the, the other axis, the y-axis is maybe, maybe the green line is your, is your income, maybe. Maybe this is how you pictured it, that you, you know, start your first job, entry-level job, pretty low, low income, but you'd expect that as you work harder and get more skilled and become more valuable employee, opportunities might come your way that the green line trending would be that you'd have some increases, you know, maybe sometimes go a little bit back, 
but ultimately over the course of your uh, earning life, that your graph would ultimately, income would be trending up and to the right. And then the red line, maybe that's the picture that you had, maybe that's the picture that you still have of your expenses that your expenses are going to consistently stay below and sometimes well below your income, which is idyllic. And for some of you, this may actually be true. But statistically, for some of you, it's pretty fair to say this may not be true. And look, I know sometimes circumstances uh, will, will, will have you in seasons where this is, in, is actually beyond reach. But this is, as you can see, this is how some people uh, can and maybe God preferentially would be what our graph should look like. Now, let me go to the next graph. The next graph may be a little bit more realistic for some of you, where you have seen, you've gone up in your income earning capacity over the years, um, yet you've somehow managed to keep your spending paired up with your earnings like conjoined twins. And you promised yourself that you wouldn't. I mean, you said, when I get that promotion, when I get that new job, when I start that business opportunity, when I get that raise, man, I'm gonna start saving because I'm gonna keep my expenses at exact same level, but my earnings is gonna kick up a bit and then I'm gonna have some margin. I'm gonna have some savings. That's what I'm gonna do. And yet, Statistically, some of you, your spending habits have actually followed you up the pay scale and you're spending exactly what you're earning. Now, and I said this might get a little uncomfortable, but I'm not here to shame you. If this is you, maybe this is gonna be a, a turning point this morning. Um, and this sort of thing, we can kind of write off as being like when we buy the big ticket items. I mean, of course, you know, we get the, the new raise, so we get the new car. And we get the promotion, so we get the bigger house or we demolish the perfectly functional kitchen to put in a new functional kitchen. Uh, and so the big ticket items. However, and, that's, and that can happen, and when the stakes go up, the pressure can also go up. So it's not just your expenditure, it's actually your financial stress and pressure. Even though like I'm earning more, why am I feeling more stress and more pressure? Well, it's because you've taken on more responsibility. Um, however, there's a more insidious and less obvious way, what I call death by a thousand swipes. That, that just sometimes and oftentimes our individual daily and weekly spending patterns and spending habits on just the sort of normal everyday items can be the very thing that causes our expenditure to keep track with their income. Now, does anyone remember shopping centers? Does anyone remember them? Shopping centers, they're now museums, but they, 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 there was a time when, when, you, when you wanted to buy something, would leave your house, I know, right? Would leave your house, would drive to a place called a shopping center or a shopping mall, and you'd walk around there like this. And you know, maybe you bump into a friend and your friend says, hey, good to see you, good to see you. What are you here to buy? And you say, I have absolutely no idea, but I'm gonna know when I see it. And then you walk home with four bags full of stuff that you didn't actually go there to buy, possibly didn't need, potentially couldn't afford. 
But that was a thing. But it did take a little bit of effort. Uh, that's changed a lot in the world we live in today. We've got this thing, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, it's called the internet, internet, anybody? Uh, and within the internet, there's this, there's this thing called online shopping. So now, you don't even have to have pants on to be spending money in this kind of fashion. You can get this. With online shopping, you can replicate a part of the Christmas experience for yourself any day of the week. Because it goes like this. You're on Amazon, whatever it is, eBay, you're on there. And you're like, oh yeah, that's good, buy. Oh, look at this, add to cart, check out, done. And, and, then, and then you kind of go about your business. You go to work, you know, you do your regular thing, weekend goes by. Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, you come home from work and there's a box sitting on your porch. It says Amazon Prime, or it doesn't say anything. It's just a cardboard box. And, and, and it's got your name on it just like the one under the tree on December 25. And you pick it up and you shake it and you think to yourself, I wonder what this could be. Because you ordered it, but you didn't remember what you ordered. Which one is this? I don't know. So, but, it's, but it's addressed to me. And it's, it hasn't been delivered by Santa. It's been delivered by a courier who's playing the same kind of role as Santa. But you don't have to leave fruit, mince, pies, carrot and milk anywhere. This just arrives by some anonymous courier. And you take it inside and you, and you smell it. And then you, and then you unwrap it, and you take it out and you think, what was I thinking? <laughs> but it's the whole Christmas experience and you can do it any time of the day, any day of the week from wherever you are, providing you have a device and an internet connection. Now, Notorious B.I.G., also known as Biggie Smalls, famously said, Mo Money, Mo problems. I had to explain this to somebody that's hovering around 40 what mo means. It means more. Mo money, more money. Oh, okay. You're welcome, Paul DeBlanc. Uh, he just said thanks. He just said thanks. Mo money, this is Biggie Small's idea. Mo money, mo problems. However, the astute among you will realize that's not actually the big idea. The big idea is mo money, mo spendy, mo problems. Because some of you would be very happy to have mo money, providing you didn't also do mo spendy. All right, so we've gone from the idyllic income raising, expenses staying below, creating margin, Yep, every proud parent's dream for their child. Then there's this slightly less idyllic scenario. And then there's this far less idyllic scenario. However, far too common scenario. And in fact, so common that it's become just like accepted as normal that we would be people who consistently spend more than we earn. 
And here's what Jesus warns us. If this is our trajectory, this is what he, he warns us with. He says, if this is you, then at some point, the further that red arrow gets away from that green arrow, you will find yourself a slave, big word, strong word, a slave to the person you owe money to. And what happens when you set this relationship up where you are now a slave to the person that you've borrowed the money from is your bank will start telling you what you have to do with the money that comes in. Visa will start telling you what you have to do with some of the money that comes in. Afterpay will start telling you, telling you, not suggesting what you have to do, not what you might like to do, what you have to do with some of the money coming in. And I say have to very intentionally. And if you think to yourself, no one gets to tell me what I'm gonna do with the money that comes in, all right, sure. If you think that, let me give you a little fun exercise for Monday morning. Tomorrow morning, if you're, if you're in this situation tomorrow, but no one tells me what I'm gonna do with my money because it's my money. Okay, phone the provider, bank, visa, whatever. Phone them, just give them a call. They, they like, you know, yep, yeah, hello, good morning, yep. Yeah. Uh, give them a call and tell them you're bored with the repayments. Tell them, you know, there was a time when I, but I, I'm a bit over it. It's not, it's just not fun anymore, it's not sexy. Uh, in fact, I, I've got some other ideas. I've got some other goals. I've got a couple of things I want to buy. Maybe take the family on a holiday in WA or wherever it is. In the, but you know, just tell them. Say, look, that money that, that I've been giving to you, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'm kind of, I'm over it. And here's, and here's what they'll say to you. They won't put it in these words, but, but I will, because I love you. They will say to the effect, this phrase, as long as you owe us, we own you. You don't get to choose what that portion of your income does. You don't get to decide where that portion of your income goes. You owe us, therefore we own you. And until you've paid us back, this relationship where I'm the master and you're the slave, it's gonna continue. <laughs> and what do we do? We get angry at them. Stupid credit card company, stupid bank. And we start to resent them. But here's the deal. They didn't do this to you. You did this to you. I mean, they facilitated it. They were enablers, but that's what they're in the business of. I did warn you it might get a little uncomfortable. Let, us, let me drop you into one of the 16 stories that Jesus taught about money and stuff. If you've got the Bible app, although by the way, this morning on the front row, there are two physical, just so you know I'm not dreaming or telling stories. Come on, Michael, quick, quick, wake up. No, give me your Bible, give me a Bible. Look, some of you don't know what these are. Look at this, look at this. Wow, in the second row, wow, I feel like I've... What, four in the second row as well? Man, this is so impressive. All right, bring them all up and let's see which one's the tattered, the most red. Because here's the old saying, if your Bible's falling apart, you won't be. 
ka-ching. There you go. You win. This, was this from Kenya? Whoa. Is it in Swahili? No. What? <laughs> Boo. Good job. All right. Well, those four of you, uh, open your Bibles. Uh, literally. Let's listen to those pages turn. Matthew... <laughs> If you've got the uh, Bible app, Matthew 25, the message. By the way, if you didn't bring the message, so, you know, but nevertheless, uh, we might get you all up to read this story from the four different versions. <laughs> Terrible idea. Matthew chapter 25, I'm gonna read from the message. Now, approximately 40% of Jesus' teaching stories were about money and stuff, and we drilled into one last week. We're gonna drill into one when we land this series in two weeks' time. Let me drill into another one today. This is Jesus talking. He said, it's like a man going off. Now, the it's in the it's like a man. These stories were teaching about the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is like and what he's expecting us to do in the meantime as his kingdom is being established. So the kingdom of God is also, this is another example. He's already drilled into a few in this, uh, to this audience. So he drops another one. In case, like, in case you didn't get it, people, here's another story. Like, oh, okay, I think I'm getting it now. The kingdom of God is also like a man going off on an extended trip. The man called his servants together, the master called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000, to another 2,000 and to a third 1,000, depending on their abilities. Now, last week, let me catch you up if you missed it. Last week, I, I gave us a little uh, visit to Bible College 101 that Jesus' stories always included two characters, at least two characters, but always, always had two characters. One character represented God in the story and the other character represented us in the story. So just to play Captain Obvious, in this story, God's the master in this story and we're the servants in this story. Okay, good, yep, you're smart, I know. Now this version says, a man going, he called and he delegated, to one he gave $5,000. But actually he didn't give it to them. He, he placed it in their hands. Does anyone else say entrusts? Have you got entrusts in Swahili over here? Does it say that? Yeah, entrusted. entrusted. That's actually more accurate. So the, the owner, the master entrusted one with $5,000. In other words, the ownership didn't change even though the, 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 the money was handed over. And then uh, Jesus talked about that the owner went away. He left right off. And even while the owner was away, he was still the owner. And even though the servants had the money, it wasn't their money. However, he said he delegated responsibilities, that they were given a responsibility to manage it on behalf of the owner while the owner was away. So the, right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same, but the, and I'm skipping a few, so you Bible nerdarates, you're like, whoa, this, I'm just hitting the highlights here. But the man with a single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and he settled up with them like, okay guys, what did you do with it? Well, the one given $5,000 showed him how he doubled his investment. <laughs> the servant with the 2,000 showed him the same. He'd also doubled his master's investment. And then the servant with the 1,000 said, Master, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, uh, I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. Now, there's a couple of obvious takeaways from this story. The first one might be like, well, that's not fair. 
How come one got 5,000 and the other 2,000 and the other 1,000? I mean, if I was the one that got the 1,000, I'd be a little upset as well. I wouldn't be as motivated. I'd be thinking, hey, what? It's not fair. And you might have had that same question rattling around in your brain over the years, where somebody that in, 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 your, in your department got the promotion that you wanted and you thought to yourself, I work harder than them, but it's not fair. Someone in your family rolls into their new house and you're still renting and you think, man. Okay, and that's a message for another time. I, I don't have time to get into that, so sorry if I've just uh, poked the bear a little bit on that one. But the takeaway I wanna focus on today isn't how much they were asked to manage, it's what they did with what they were asked to manage. Now, another bank role-playing game, ready? Some of you have, most of you probably have a bank account uh, or a superannuation account or maybe some investments or something like that. Um, now, With the internet, you can typically log on and see, you, or if you want a, a, an update, you phone in, or, or they email you or send you statements, whatever. So, you know, but let's just say, for example, tomorrow you wanted to get an, an update on your superannuation balance or your, your bank account. Uh, so you phone in, phone in to customer service. Hi, uh, so Mark Pomery here, uh, just uh, checking on my uh, superannuation balance. And they say that the next question they ask you, because they don't care what your name is, they say, um, can you please give me your account number? Oh, I'm a number, okay. Figures. Give me your account number. Okay. Uh, so how can I help you today, Mr. Pomery? Uh, well, I'm just, uh, just finding to, to get, just to find out what my current superannuation balance is. And they say, uh, oh, mm. well, about that. Uh, we're not really big on details here. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I know you can't see us, but we're not very organized. I mean, we just kind of typically put stuff into a shoebox shoe and then just kind of shove that shoebox just so no one trips over it. And I mean, come on, Mark. You, you, you gotta understand, I mean, keeping track... It's just such a pain. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If that's the response you get, time to find a new superannuation provider. Time to find a new bank. Because there should be no guesswork. There should be no, oh, I don't know. When it comes to them managing your money. And in this case, the, the owner came back and two of them, no guesswork. The third one's like, ah, well, oops. And so I asked a question last week, given that we're tasked with the responsibility of, of managing God's money. If you were you, sorry, if you were God, if you were God, would you hire you? Let me take that one step further, make it a little bit more painful of a question. Based on your current management of what God's entrusted you, if God asked you to give an account today, but you were God, would you fire you? Because again, there sh should be no guesswork. So here we go. We're gonna land this 
series in two weeks' time, and uh, fingers crossed, we'll stick the landing. Um, so I wanna give us some homework for the next two weeks, okay? And, and this is the homework. Let me, let me make it just real simple. Over the next two weeks, pay closer attention or keep an eye on where you send it and where you spend it. In the next two weeks, maybe your, in, your wage comes in in that period, weekly or fortnightly. Uh, maybe some other you know, form of income hits your world. This is, now, I'm not asking you to do a, a budget, uh, at, least, at, at, at least not today, uh, to, to write out a, a, a plan, <laughs> at least not today. Just, just over the next two weeks, just pay a little more attention. Just keep a little bit of a closer eye on where you send it and where you spend it. And in two weeks' time, I want you all to come in with a written account. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we'll keep things moving on this series in two weeks' time. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.